Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, welcome to episode 17. Now with the Lead Off Podcast, as always, I am Matthew Braun. I'm being joined by another individual over here. And what is your name? Hey, everyone. Cooper Carlson here. Back with back to the uh, least controversial sports podcast in sports history, or Minnesota Twins talk, or uh, whatever whatever you want to describe it. I don't know. This one might get a little spicy. This oh, one I might. Suppose. I I, because I, I know we're going to be talking a lot about the last two games, how those went, and I assume we're going to have uh, a lot of opinions on the decisions made, uh, the outcomes, and all of that fun stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much there is to say. It's just, you know, of course, a lot because they lost twice, and it's horrible because we <laughs> now hold a record in the postseason for the most losses in a row, which they're in sole possession of now, so. Good for them, oh, breaking records all year long. I'm proud of them. That's hard to do. It is. I mean, you'd think you'd get lucky once in a while, right? You, I, you know, I was thinking this also. It's like, and I'm, I'm awful with uh, stats, but just on like a pure, uh, like chance basis, like what are the actual odds of losing? What is it? Fourteen straight playoff games? At fifteen? Uh, fifteen, I think. Yeah. All right, fifteen straight. What are, what are the actual odds of doing that? Because it has to be around like. Just spitballing, like, what, 3% maybe? Even lower than that? I mean, you'd think so, right? Especially, I mean, especially when they all came in, like, consecutive years back then, and now it's just, of course, going to continue uh, in this new decade. Just, you know, mm-hmm. they, it really went uh, their mid-2000s. They just would lose every time. Then they took about a decade off from the postseason altogether. And now the next time they make the postseason, they're just right back at it. They it's, it's picked wonderful. up right where they left off. <laughs> just not, didn't miss a beat. It's it's been impressive, been impressive, no, in a terrible fashion. So I suppose, uh, well, I guess we can just kind of go after this. Uh, bite bite off the first game, then go to the second game, and yeah, that's that's how we're gonna do this. So the uh, first game of the series, this was uh, on Friday, Jose Brios starting against James Paxton. And at one point, you may have already forgot, at one point the Twins did have a lead. Uh, mm. Actually, in the very first inning, Jorge Polanco, home run. I was pretty excited about that. I assume everyone else was. <laughs> but then the third inning, again, Nelson Cruz strikes with a home run. And that's about when the fun ended, uh, more or less, the bottom of the third inning. Uh, there was a dropped pop-up, should have been on, on Luis Arias, and then a missed pick on the double play. Well, potential double play that uh, C.J. Crone just whiffed on, and that scored more runs. And the Yankees took the lead. Uh, the Twins tied it back in the fifth, and then that's about it from there. Uh, the Yankees poured it on two in the fifth, two in the sixth, three in the seventh, and everything just went went to hell. Uh, kind of just 
really got out of hand as the middle innings until late innings went on. Yep, and this would, you know, I mean, this is just about as bad as it gets. I allowed myself after the uh, Polanco and Cruz home runs to, you know, let myself believe a little bit, like, they got a chance here. This is going to take game one. And, of course, you know, as as they would, they went and promptly blew that. And Rios went, yes, four innings, 88 pitches total, had a very good final inning, but was not brought back out. Um, He, you know, he did struggle with his command a bit. The Yankees were unbelievable at not swinging at uh, chase pitches, which kind of the story of the first two games on offense. And, um, yeah, Barrios went, he was fine. He, I, he kind of did his job four innings, just three earned runs, give it off to the bullpen that was supposedly going to carry us here, but it did falter in game one and, of course, in game two a bit as well. So, what do you think about taking him out there? Uh, well, I wasn't surprised at all. I thought, uh, he didn't look great at all. His mm-hmm. curveball, he basically had no command over it whatsoever. It seemed a miracle uh, by itself that there's only one and run. Because uh, he still walked three over the score, did strike out six. Uh, but I I was fine with it just because straight up, I'm like, there's no, he just doesn't, he's not fully ready. He, he's not fully there. It, it was it was painfully obvious to me that that was the truth. Yeah, that's true. I saw a lot of uh, takes after the fact when it got out of hand, of course, that you know, did they take him out prematurely? And I figured this was kind of how all the games would go, where you know, 88 pitches in four innings. That was, and he only gave up three runs. That was excellent with how he was playing the fire the whole game. And if Arise catches that, or if Crone catches that, it's one run he gave up over those four innings. I mean, yeah. So it's yeah, it, bad fielding really came to bite the Twins. There was talk. I think a lot of people mentioned it on Twitter. Just the, you know, there was a lot of talk about the home runs and the pitching, but. Ultimately, this series could come down to, you know, a small thing like the fielding. And lo and behold, first game, Twins, you know, couldn't hold on to their lead because of poor play in the field while the Yankees were making their plays, except for D.J. LeMahieu on that pop-up. But, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. That was a interesting play there. You don't see that happen <laughs> too often. But it – and really this entire – it kind of felt like uh, this entire game came down to uh, – second uh, guessing everything just because literally every single choice went um, in backfire. Yeah. And so it, it it definitely felt like one where you have to weigh the process over the results. And the results are they're ugly. You know, I can't I can't tell you anything else, but uh, anal- analyzing the process is really where you're going to uh, kind of dissect, be able to fully understand what went wrong. And I think that's where things get more interesting. So like I said, I was fine with Barrios. And the entire time I told you this, and uh, I'm sure you were very aware of it, that whenever I watch the games like this, I kind of stay <laughs> off my phone for the most part. And that was true. I only popped in a couple of times to meme and whatnot, as as you do. But I was <laughs> really, really surprised just to see the amount of like vitriol that came out afterwards about uh, Rocco's bullpen usage. Because to me, at the time, uh, when all these guys came in, I was, I was fine with it. It was like, okay, that makes sense. Logically, that makes sense. Of course, like, none of them worked out naturally. Of course, that's how it's going to go. But it felt like beforehand I was like, okay, I can understand bringing that guy in, and I like that move. I don't know about you. That was me. Yeah. um, It started out Zach Littell in the bullpen, and he is a top-five guy in the current postseason bullpen, so that made sense, bring him in for the fifth. Of course, 
lot of speculation and, you know, just he's a rookie Yankee Stadium, but it's really, you know, if not him, is Mayor Rogers or Romo. I mean, only Romo really has the postseason experience. And I guess with Littell being a rookie, he was questioned a lot, but it, was a, it wasn't a bad move if you look at it, as you said, like the process instead of the results. Because if he gets out of that, you know, faces five guys, gives up zero runs, no one questions the move, and it's a great move. But he didn't. He, you know, walked and hit a guy. But the only move I did have trouble with was bringing in Stashak when it was, what, a one-run lead for the Yankees in the uh, sixth inning, I think. That mm-hmm. I don't. That didn't make sense to me. That's where I think you bring in, you know, one of the guys like May, Rogers, Romo, one of the guys that has been trusted all year long. That's all. I, that's the only one I really had trouble with. A problem with. I I can see that one, but again, though, I there was, it felt like there's this weird, strange sort of almost double think in a way where we could acknowledge that these relievers have great years and that they they showed that they could play at the major level yet just uh, were unimaginably pissed that they were used in uh, situations that they needed to be used. And suddenly they became trash because of, you know, an outing, one outing uh, sort of deal. And I was I was fine with Stashak. Uh, again, 3.24 ERA, 3.01 FIP. The number's are there to prove that he's a good reliever. You, I don't like dropping Rodgers in the sixth inning. Like, come on, we're not going to drop Romo in the sixth inning. You're not going to break the emergency glass in the middle innings of a baseball game. You can't do that uh, in any situation, or else then you're well, just, then you're just like piecing it together. Well, 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 what? what? Well, I mean, it's in this. I think you definitely bring in a guy like Rogers or Romo in the sixth inning when you got to. You're down by one run. You're still in the game. You bring in mm-hmm. Stashek, and I mean, he's obviously not as good. He's been up here for. I don't know, it was 24 innings or more or less. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but he's up here for Actually, a much shorter time. Innings, that's kind of funny. See, I knew I was close. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> well done. Yeah, so he does – I mean, obviously he was good in his time up here. But then he comes into game one of the playoffs, of, you know, Yankee Stadium. And, of course, he gives up two home runs or whatever his line was. It was just not good overall. And, I mean, you definitely bring in Rodgers, May, Romo. Rodgers can give you a two innings. Romo can give you – a one at one or two. I mean, these guys can pitch, and you had four innings to bring, you know, and you had at least three guys out there. Did oh, Duffy came in, but so you had the three, three back end guys in Rogers, uh, Romo, and May. And you brought in Stashek in the six. That didn't make any sense to me because bring him in in the close game because by the time you need him in the ninth inning, it's ten to four. So it, I don't think it made sense. Well, that was that was a little bit completely entirely worst case scenario there, uh, making it uh, a six run game by the ninth. I don't think uh, I think if Rocco knew that was going to happen, then maybe uh, some things would have changed. I'd I'd like to imagine. Well, sure. I'd like to imagine again though. I just I can see the argument for May. I think May made a, a lot of sense there. Oh, that's it's really fun with the alliteration there. Uh, I think May makes more sense. But again, it's not like these were these are trash guys. I don't. I, is is there some special like like thing about in the playoffs or something? It's like oh, we can't trust this guy. Is there? Yeah, I mean, there right, is. right now, right before I spoke here, uh, Patrick Corbin just blew it. Is there something wrong with Patrick Corbin, thirty year old veteran? Should they not be bringing him in? Uh, I mean, he's, Josh Hader. How, Josh how Hader many times did he come out of the bullpen this year? You know. What about Josh Hader? He sucked it. Should we not use him? Roberto Osuna just gave up uh, two hits and two walks the other day. I mean, it's it's seemingly random. Uh, 
as far as this goes, well, sometimes shit just happens. Sure. I mean, I guess you can bring up those. and then, But, I, I mean, I'm fine with bringing uh, Taylor Rogers in when, you know where Duffy came in yesterday with the bases loaded in the third inning? Yeah, that, bring in, that should have happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, not, let's not bring in Duffy after he threw, like, 30 pitches the day before and just throw him back in the fire. No, okay. okay. Rogers, we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. you we're we're, we're going to overanalyze game one before we overanalyze game yes. two. Yes. <laughs> yeah, an example. But, okay, then, I mean, I think you can piece together the final four innings of that game one without having to use Cody Stashek because in a one-run game, when you bring Stashek in, you run the risk of him doing exactly what he did. And with Rogers, uh, May, Romo, you, that risk is um, uh, so much lower for you to get to the late innings, and eventually your offense hopefully will get going. It hasn't yet this series, which is a whole other discussion because it may be their fault more than the pitching at this point. But, mm. I mean, it, yeah, so it's – got to – I mean, I don't know. you got to be able to get to the late innings with the lead in order – you know what I'm trying to say? To, you got to bring in yeah, the guys no. when you actually are in the game. Because Taylor yeah, Rogers and Sergio Romo have not yet pitched in this series. No, Sergio Romo did for like one out. Oh, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Taylor Rogers has not pitched in this series. Taylor Rogers, that might be an ultimate sin right there. Is that you've lost mm-hmm. the game by using Taylor Rogers? But I, I know you said, uh, you know, if you bring in Trevor May, if you bring in Sergio Romo, you're gonna have a higher chance of coming in. I just ask why? What what magical like thing separates Stasek and Mayak other than like narrative? If you look at the numbers. Similar, they've been they're great they're good they're great. Is it just veteran status? Is it just yes? I uh, think just so. imagine, just imagine trustworthiness. Is that it? It's it. I mean, peace of mind. Stashek is it's his first year in the major leagues. He was called up in you know after the All Star break, and we got yeah. Taylor Rogers here, who's been an elite reliever for at least two years now, and. Well, you know, that's the guy I'm bringing in. I'm not bringing Eric Sergio Romo, who's won three World Series. He's been in this situation before. Stashek has pitched in the – I don't know if he's pitched in the AAA playoffs. Maybe that, that's good enough for it, though. But, no, that no. You bring in one of your guys who can – who's got um, the veteran – the trustworthiness, even though you can't measure that. You bring in that. You do? You, you, I, I just I just have trouble imagining what that is. And like, I mean, uh, don't you see that Taylor Rogers and Sergio Romo are better than Cody Stasek? No, no I, I'm not. No, I see that. I see that. But again, again, you want to you ask the question then? All right, when do you want to use those guys? Are you, are you going to use Taylor Rogers in the sixth inning without when you use them when you're without knowing how it ends up? But you, at what? the moment that you'd be using them, you're still in the game. Because if you put in the Cody Stashek, by the time you want to use Rodgers, you might not have, you know, you might not be down by only one at that point. And they weren't. The same could be said if you, you put in, you know, May or Romo. Really, it's just, the, right now, I think we're, the uh, the results are overriding the process. I, I was fine with the process, personally. I. I mean, yeah, I guess we're we're never gonna agree here. <laughs> no, we're never gonna. I know. Then this has basically been the discussion for like the last two days, which is yeah, you know. So I will ask you. Uh, I'm assuming you didn't, but it's seven to four in the eighth inning, or Gibson, yeah. Gibson comes in. Do you have a problem with Kyle Gibson coming in? 
I don't give a shit. They lost the game at that point. It doesn't matter. You're not okay, against Zach Britton and Aroldis Chapman. You're not putting up three runs. I don't care. It. I I saw people criticizing that. It's like literally throw out Ari Adrianza for all. I mm-hmm. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. Hey, I was no, hoping that was clean inning, but no, it didn't matter. I didn't. It, the game was over no. after the Twins yeah. couldn't put together any runs against the Paxton in the first wave of the bullpen. It was over. Yeah, well, uh, it was quite hilariously on the nose from the walk the bases loaded. You're just like, this is the most, like, like whenever someone talks about a bad, like, player or a bad pitcher, they always, like, overdo it and oversell it. Like, man, every time he comes in, he walks the bases loaded and then strikes them, like, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's like, he actually did it. Like, he actually yep. walked the bases loaded and then gave up a double, just hung a meaty slider to DJ LeMahieu, and you're like, well, that's the most funny thing that could have happened. And then the only reliever that did well was Bruce Star Gratterall in cleanup. I'd, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that was of course he did because he's a future Hall of Famer for twenty course, years. You know, no, I don't know. The 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 twenty one year old with like ten career major league <laughs> innings, of course. Yeah, that was that was strange. But it, it was good to see him succeed. You know, the score was ten to four, stadium had quieted mm-hmm. down a little and the game was lost. But yeah, it was good to see him go out there and perform in a high leverage situation at least. Yeah, that was about like the only positive to come out of that game. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Gratterall did well. And I always enjoy now that like uh, since the Twins have been like kind of more in the national spotlight, to see people's reactions on Twitter and whatnot, like, who the hell is Bruce Star Gratterall and how is he throwing one <laughs> mile out of sinkers? And I'm like, yeah, that's our boy right there. You got it. Yeah, and he is. Really, I mean, it's amazing. He's got the one on one sinker and then just the. A 80 to 90 uh, slider that just goes the complete other way and just breaks and hitters don't even know what to do with it. He's definitely yeah. he's definitely made it right. I tweeted that out. I was like, bad, literally everything that's happened. Good Gratterall. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Gratterall and uh, oh Polanco had a good game. Let's give it to Polanco. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the home run, a nice uh, at bat against Paxton, ended with the RBI single. I think took two walks also. He had one hell of a game. So shout out to Polanco. Good job, Jorge. Good job. Or hey, everyone else, go home. I hate you. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Well, yeah, you know, maybe I don't know. So that that was game one. It's always a, a feisty time. Then when you you spent the entire time just overanalyzing everything, it's when you know the game went well. Yeah, that's true. One thing that obviously did not go well for the weeks leading into the series, it was talked about that the, I mean that these games would be. 10 to 9 finishes, 8 to, you know, eight, 12 to 8 finishes, just both teams would be swinging the bats the whole game. And the Twins have scored, scored a total of 6 runs over these two games, while the Yankees have scored a total of uh, 18. Yeah, so mm-hmm. not looking good that way. And the pitching is getting most of the blame, you'll see, but this is exactly what we expected from the Yankees, and the Twins' offense just isn't showing up to match it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they deserve uh, criticism as well. Uh, they showed up early for game one, put up about four in the what for mm-hmm. one, two, three, four in the first six innings, then didn't score it off the next three, and then in game two only put up two, and one of those came in the ninth inning when the yeah. Yankees literally couldn't give a shit. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty much a group effort of crap. They haven't pitched well, they haven't hit well, they haven't fielded well, which. Uh, that's how you lose two playoff games, uh, if I'm not mistaken. There, there aren't many redeeming qualities uh, in the in the play so far, but the offense definitely deserves some. And 
I think we could have seen game two, how that went from a mile away, considering they crushed fastballs, and Masahiro Tanaka throws literally everything but fastballs. Uh, you see that they threw up a graphic, it actually blew my mind, of a uh, percentage of pitches that are uh, fastballs, and like the lowest rate. And Tanaka was the lowest starter by far. I think there was 34% fastballs. Two was Kershaw with like 42%. So uh, they just threw junk ballers out there. They couldn't hit them. You know, anytime they brought in a bullpen guy like Canely with his changeup and out of, you know, with the slider, and they just hadn't been able to do anything with them, you're like, is is this just a, a small sample thing, or is this just like uh, something we missed entirely where they're just completely unable to hit off speed? Yeah, I wonder if the Yankees have a scouting report come into these games. It really seems like it's. Yeah, it's, yeah, they've beaten them to a T as far as everything goes regarding that. Yeah, I mean, it's gone about as. If you were to go up to a negative Twins fan before the series and ask them how this series would go, it's gone like that. It, nothing's gone well. And if coming into the series, you were expecting to um, have to rely on the pitching to get the wins, uh, you weren't going to win any games because this was going to be all about the bats. And, I mean, as I said, they just haven't come to play yet. So hopefully they can break them out in tomorrow's game, which could end the season if it doesn't. Uh, definitely, yeah. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, then uh, there's not going to be anything beyond that, really. That's kind of where we're at at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heading to Target Field for the first playoff game since 2010. Although, I guess we haven't really gone over game two, but <laughs> yeah, you want to yeah. take game two? Oops. Uh, let's talk about game two. So, game two, uh, game one went terribly. How did Biggin do in game two? Of course, they threw out... Randy Dobnak, the Uber driver, you know, which was the, the massive narrative that went on, and did not go too well for him. Went two innings, gave up uh, some runs. Uh, let's see, four in runs, I believe, only two, and then two inherited from Duffy. <laughs> Good God, Tyler Duffy, what the hell <laughs> happened to him? Just back to back games where he just got absolutely toasted. No earned runs in the first game because all the runs he gave up were inherited, which is, I mean, that's dirty. Shows you how much ERA matters. And in the second game, gave up a few runs, and including a massive grand slam to the, the boogeyman himself, Didi Gregorius, which was the least shocking thing uh, to ever exist. I was so not surprised when that happened. Mm. And uh, like I mentioned before, Tanaka just mowed him down. They didn't do anything. Uh, went to Kinley, Ottavino, and then by then they didn't give a shit. So they went to Tyler Lyons and Jonathan Luisiga, and that was all the Yankees needed to beat the Twins. And just this one got out of hand quick. It was over uh, by the seven-run third inning. <laughs> that really, that that was really it right there. The game ended right there, and they still had to play what six more innings. Yeah, I mean, you came into the series thinking you got to take at least one of the first two, and when they lost the first one, you thought, well, they'll come to play this game. They they've got to win this in order to you know have a chance this series. So they'll come to play. And they, no, the offense did absolutely nothing. The pitching, Dobnek, I mean, he he did, you know, he came in. He was Randy Dobnek. He'd made, like, five career starts or something. And I don't know, we were all expecting, I was expecting something good from him because he's Randy Dobnek and he's outstanding at all times because everyone loves Randy Dobnek and I do too. So, but, <laughs> you know, naturally in the playoffs that doesn't always go well and he didn't have the best outing. Do you quest? Would you, do you uh, second guess starting him there? Do you wish they would have done Odorizzi instead at all? 
I was I was thinking after game one, I'm like, I think you got to go to Rizzi game two. Not only just for the, I think, more guaranteed uh, good outing, but just when it, when I, whenever you turn on the TV and whenever you, like, listen to Yankee Stadium, uh, after hearing game one, I'm like, if we send Randy Dobnak in game two, they're going to eat him alive and then spit him out. And <laughs> just, it, you know, I, I saw people talking about how great Dobnak was. He was stoic. He was a... You know, whatever he's a he's an iron horse, and uh, well, it was anything but that actually. When it actually became it actually started pitching, uh, whether or not you know the whole Yankee Stadium thing had anything to do with that, I mean that's entirely narrative, but that's what I feel. Uh, so now, yeah, I I don't know. I would have preferred to have him at home, a much better environment, uh, a much more welcoming environment potentially. And well, it's a bit late for that now, I guess. Yeah, when I put out my playoff rotation, what I wanted it to be, it was about a week ago, but it was Barrios, Dobnek, Odorizzi, and well, I've gotten that, but it kind of came down to how did how did game one go? Because if they won game one, absolutely, I'm fine with throwing Dobnek out there, you know, then you got your best pitcher of game three, and what is he going to be, a 2-0 series or 1-1 series at home? But when you lose game one and game two becomes almost essential to win if you want to stay in the series, yeah, I think... I mean, I guess I didn't question it too much at the time, but looking back, I, I'm second-guessing it because you, I think you absolutely have to have your best pitcher out there to salvage the series. And unfortunately, Dobnak obviously didn't do that for you, only getting you two innings. So it's rough, but it's just the way it went. So, I, you know, I don't know. Well, not only that, uh, if you think about it, if this series, you know, by some magical way goes to a f- uh, Game 5, there's mm-hmm. like a, a pretty much zero percent chance uh, that Jake Odorizzi could contribute in any fashion, uh, just because it's too close between uh, when he started and when you're possibly going to need him again. So uh, put him out game two. Maybe he can help again in game five. Maybe he can help in game four. But now that he's in game three, he's kind of going to be a non-factor the rest of the series. And when he's, if you look at the stats, arguably been your best starter, that might be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because it's going to be, uh, if, you know, if somehow they are able to get this to game five, it will probably be Barrios starting that game. And then, you know, Odorizzi, as you said, will not be available to come on the bullpen or help in any way. So it'll be tough if it'll be, of course, tough to win the next two games just to get there. But it would have helped maybe to have him starting the second game just to have that chance. But, mm-hmm. I mean, too late now. <laughs> Yeah, a bit late. You can't can't go in the past. Uh, unfortunately, we don't quite have that technology yet. It'll be fun once we do. But yeah, that's how it went. And not a yeah, like like you said earlier, pretty much uh, the worst case scenario as far as all this could have gone. Uh, I believe my dad described it as a nightmare, and I have to agree with him. Just uh, yeah, just terrible, awful. Yeah, and this is you know on Twitter, it's just. Because I guess we, I wasn't fully in the uh, Twins-Yankees dominance or yet, so I'm really uh, full into it now after the, seeing how this series went. It's going to be a part of the lifelong Twins fan club who just know what's going to happen every time because I kind of went into this with, with optimism. That was a mistake. Should have known better. <laughs> now it makes sense why everyone's so crusty. That it makes so much sense. You know, just to, well, yeah. It only took one and a half games for my for everyone's spirit to just get absolutely destroyed, I guess. I found myself halfway through game two just going, yep, this is it. 
this is just what to expect from now on. Get to the playoffs, and, well, that's about it. I believe uh, somewhere uh, after that seven-run third inning, I brought my laptop up to my room, and I, I put on Radiohead's Kid A and just was crying the entire time. Uh, I wasn't crying, but I was definitely feeling sad for myself. Let's say that. Yes. Yeah, I came into my room and hung out and just kind of had to take off from the TV for a bit because it was tough to watch. So, of course, they got game three to come back and, you know, if they win one playoff game at home and go from there, who knows what could happen, right? Take game three with Rizzi and win the next two. Yikes. You never – it's – like what? Uh, have you seen the uh, uh, the documentary they did about the 2004 uh, Boston Red Sox? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's a great. I, and you know, I hate I hate the Red Sox and I hate the Yankees. Uh, but it, it was a it was a good documentary, of course. The 04 Red Sox, the only uh, baseball team to ever come down from being 3-0 in a in a series, and just one of the only North American sports teams in general. And uh, I, I I very much enjoy what Kevin Millar said uh, before one of the games. That don't let us take tonight. Just don't let us don't let us win tonight because tomorrow we got mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's tomorrow we got Pedro and then beyond that who knows what's happening and <laughs> you know it's just, the same thing can same thing can apply do not let the Twins take a game Jacob Rizzi that's a good chance against Luis well, Severino in the cold I don't mm? Mm? I was gonna say um the thing is <laughs> can't really say well we got Pedro game uh, game four because. We don't even know who's starting game four. Like Kevin Millar, we got we got uh, we got Pedro the next game. If you want to take this one, Twins don't have that same leverage. Well, that's certainly true. You got me there. I'm not gonna lie. But, that, but was, yeah. that was one of the questions we already have. What what the hell do they do mm-hmm. in game four? Potentially, uh, talk about that. But I mean, I th- I do think momentum's a real thing, and uh, definitely we do see we do see in the playoffs home games. They really do become home games. Like it's. I feel like the advantage really does fly to whatever team is playing at home. Yeah, I'm a big believer in momentum and uh, stadium effects and all that, even though yeah, I'm a big on, big on stats, despite what you might say on Twitter about me. I am. I do like stats. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you do? Yes, average and ERA are my thing. So, but, yeah, when... Um, <laughs> when <laughs> Wins lost. Yankees, yes. When Yankee Stadium is rocking, and I do believe that has an effect, and when you win two games in a row at home and they're coming to Minnesota with all the momentum, I do think that has an effect. But if the Twins can get some of that momentum back, I also think that plays a role. I mean, it certainly does. So, you know, if it, it all comes down to tomorrow. They just got to win one game and go from there. Let's go from there. You got to take a one, one after the other. Although every At this point, everything's a, an elimination game. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Rocco, he was saying he's not, I don't, he's like, uh, after game one, he's like, you know, not going to worry too much about the games, not going to treat them any differently unless it's, you know, an elimination game. Well, Rocco, here we are, one game later. So let's see what you got, I guess. Yeah, now that you're like, okay, well, maybe you should actually because yeah. uh, you can't rest anyone for anything at this point. There's nothing to rest for. Yeah, I mean, he, it was it was a strange quote. It felt like he was not telling the whole truth because obviously in the playoffs you got to play a little different, as you see yeah. with them stealing bases and doing hit and runs with CJ Crone and the ball <laughs> is two feet away from the plate. But I don't know what's going on there. But yep, got to take game three. So I don't know. Go on from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm uh... – the way I see it, uh, so Jake Odorizzi, you, you take him as far as he can give you, and the second anything even looks to be a little suspicious, uh, you bring in Taylor Rogers, and you bring him in until his arm falls off, or at least is very much about to. Then you bring in May and Roma, you bring in the Calvary. I think this is a game where you tell uh, Stashak, you tell everyone else, you're like, okay, just you're going to sit because there's a, like, 1% chance we're going to bring you in this game. If by some you know, uh, unfortunate uh, punishment of God, this thing goes 16 innings, then you're going to come in. But uh, unless that happens, you have to absolutely go down with your best guys. And there's no excuse to do it any other way. Yeah. And with that, I think it's actually good we get into the fan questions a bit because that was one of them with a fresh bullpen. You know, how many innings do you want or expect Odo to be able to go? He And the question, Greg Jensen on here, said three, maybe four innings, and Absolutely not. I think you, your goal is six innings. I mean, obviously, six quality innings. Five would be fine, but six, I think, for me, is what you want Odo to get you. Six innings and around three in runs, that would be perfect from him in game, in game three. Well, how much you want and what you're going to get are uh, two very different things, I would say. <laughs> uh, I well, would say there. true. But, in, I mean... In an ideal world... Uh, we would not even be in this situation. Well, you're true. But tomorrow with the season on the line, I want Jake Odorizzi. Of course, want is big, but how many uh, – I think he needs to go at least five. Just to, We saw what happened when Rio suddenly went forward, kind of imploded on himself and everything went haywire. So let's go five quality innings and, as you said, bring in Rodgers, Romo, May, see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, he's a, I think he's a five and fly. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, basically, what Anibal Sanchez did tonight, and he went five, one, and run. If you get that out of Odorizzi, you take that every day of the week, and you don't even think twice. Because then Absolutely. you can do that, do uh, two innings Rogers, one inning of May, one inning of Romo, boom, that's nine innings right there. And those are all guys that you can, should trust. And even if they, they fail you, then you can hang your hat on, hey, we played our best guys, and sometimes just go down with them. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he nailed it there. Uh, yeah, just going to have to go from there and see what happens because elimination game, I mean, Odo's going to have to bring his best stuff. And it's going to be tough against this lineup because you've seen how it gets when he needs to, you know, pitch against the lineup more than two times to the order. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. But five and one run is, well, that's, that'd be outstanding. It'd be, it'd be very nice, certainly. So uh, I guess, yeah, we can just do some other questions. So let's see, where do we have this? Uh, yeah, let's go with here. Uh, so this is from Jonathan uh, Masteler. Legit question. Uh, you can have one former Minnesota Twins pitcher back this postseason. Who would it be? Uh, this took me all of, like, half a second. Uh, Johan Santana. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. not even playing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's either... Johan Santana or Game 7 Jack Boric, Jack Morris uh, upgraded with analytics. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> uh, there is no way if analytics is in his time <laughs> he would ever give two tips about it. It's true. Yeah, you can't really go with him, can you? Because he would refuse and the Yankees would destroy him. So, I mean, of course, I'm going to have to go with Johan Santana. Yeah, Johan. Thanks. Uh, you, this was a complete aside, but I do remember... This, this was earlier in the year. I can't remember what during the game, but I remember he was talking to somebody. He's like, 
you know, I I was never a big fan of strikeouts. Something like, uh, you know, I as much as I would love to like throw that splitter and just get him swinging at, uh, in the dirt, uh, sometimes you just want to get ground balls. And I'm like, wasn't your career ERA like 3.8 something? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like that's that's okay, but you, I think you could have done a bit better for yourself there, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, yeah, of course he's just going against what everyone else is saying because new baseball is bad, of course, for Jack Morris. But that's a whole different conversation. That'd be a <laughs> twenty-minute ordeal. So yeah, what a fun guy. Oh yeah, what a what a lovely individual. Anyways, uh, do some other questions. I guess we can do this one. So we got. Uh, Wonderful name here, ABQV68. It's an interesting name. Already going to robot names? Is the future taking over? Stopping <laughs> there. Uh, anyways, this question was, are the Twins going to seek retribution for the Dyson trade? Uh, we've talked to, about this. This has kind of been a subject that goes around. I just – the the big thing that really is, is going to get in their way of, you know, getting anything back is the fact that it legitimately seems like the Giants were completely unaware of the injury. And if uh, that is true, uh, which it seems like it is, then there's not a whole lot you can pin on them regarding uh, malicious intent. Uh, if they didn't know, they just didn't know. Then there's nothing you can blame them for. So uh, they can try. It's I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah, I bet they've – my thinking would be that I'm assuming they've looked into it at least a little. And if they're going to do it, it'll be very quietly and probably during the off season and – yeah, as you said, they probably won't get anything out of it. Maybe the Giants will fold and give them one prospect, which would be a really big win, but it's unlikely. No, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. So, for me, it's a uh, – let's see. Let's go here. we got Justin Banks. Mm-hmm. This is kind of an interesting question, actually. Uh, looking to next season, if you were uh, Jacob Rizzi and your manager slash front office doesn't trust you enough to pitch in game one or two after being the second-best pitcher all season, do you even consider coming back next year? Well, there's a lot of stipulations to that question, certainly. I think boiling it down to simply, like, uh, they didn't trust you enough to pitch in game one or two is somewhat not true. It wasn't that as much as it was strategic, and there are reasons for doing that. Uh would you consider coming back next year? I think for a lot of players, uh, it comes down to money. If you offer them enough money, then uh, yeah, sure, why not? Money talks. Uh, each player is different, certainly, but uh, I don't, I don't think that is going to be something that hangs in his mind. These are these are professionals. They they understand. If you, as long as you explain to them the thought process, explain to them the reasoning, they will understand. For the most part, for like ninety nine point nine percent, unless you got Antonio Brown on the mound, you're going to be fine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I didn't even know this was really a. Uh, I didn't know this was what people were thinking that uh, Rocco and company just didn't trust him. I mean, that I don't think that's it at all. I think they would have trusted yeah. him with game one because he's been excellent all season. And so I think they definitely did. It's obviously strategic, and it may not have worked, but they did have their reasoning. And as you said, uh, with the money, if the Twins offer Jacob Rizzi the most money, they could, he will definitely come back here without a second thought. It's going to be whoever gives him the most money. He won't care about not getting the pitch in game two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just that. It's not that yeah, deep. Money talk. It really, money talk. It really isn't that deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, next question. Uh, this was actually... I, we did, I did allude to this earlier. We got it from uh, Tom Froming. Uh, let's just pretend the Twins win Game 3. Awesome. Sweet. I like that future. Uh, how in the world would you manage the pitching staff in Game 4? 
of course, I said uh, sneak in Carl Pavano under the name Carl Pavano, and uh, that that place still on the table. Uh, I like to imagine. Uh, you never know, but I think. Well, I think it, uh, a lot of it's going to depend on game three goes, uh, who you expended and who you who you didn't. Uh, but I think the most realistic scenario is some sort of bullpen game of some sort. I don't know how you want to mix and match. It's definitely some sort of like everyone. It, it, it's all hands on deck, and whoever we need to bring in and whoever is available will potentially come in. And I, I think that's just how you're going to have to do it. So I'm taking this as game three will go. Odorizzi, Rogers will pitch, May will pitch, Romo will pitch, and you'll use everyone you've got to use to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's an elimination game. So game four, it will definitely be an opener, and it comes down to who's available, obviously, who can give you at least a little bit of distance, maybe, or do you just want a one-inning thing? Do you bring, I mean, it's scary, but do you bring Kyle Gibson in to open, or do you bring someone in like Smeltzer or even Dobnak just because he only – or he did throw a lot of pitches, but so he's kind of, I bet he's out, but I mean, you need someone who can start a game and give you two quality innings. And then from there, you piece together the likes of Zach Littell, Bruce Dargraderall, probably Tyler Duffy by that game, Cody Stashek, and if somehow Rogers or May or Romo, they're probably out of the question for this game if they throw over 20 pitches, although. Duffy wasn't, so maybe not, but it's going to be, uh, I don't know. I go I go Gibson. You, if he's struggling in the first, you pull him immediately. <laughs> and you go you go to Taylor Rogers. I don't really care what he did the day before. He gets through one in it. <laughs> oh, gosh. If the Twins win game three, this is an impossible question. <laughs> so are you saying it's not even worth their trouble to win game three just because they're so screwed up oh. game four here's what I, here's my take the twins to win game four just like they'll have to win game three will be completely on the offense and the pitching will just have to do just enough give up pitching has to stay eight runs or below and the twins are expected to score more than eight runs that's my take because that's what All they're right. supposed to do in this series what they're supposed to do and will do again two, of course two different things but, uh, of course, naturally. it'll come down to elimination or not elimination. So, yeah, I mean, at this it'll point, be tough. at this point, it seems like if they win Game Three, they should just celebrate and then forfeit Game Four. <laughs> that, yeah, you broke the, the game streak plan here. and go. You broke the playoff loss streak. Who cares what happens from here? You're not going to be included in that horrible history, sort of. I mean, at least not completely. So, Game Four is going to be tough. I guess we didn't really answer yeah, well, the question, but it's. Can it's hard. <laughs> it it is hard, but I think game four is just so is going to be as uh, hands all hands on deck as game three. I think. Yeah. Uh, you said you don't bring in Rodgers, Romo, or May after twenty pitches. I say screw that. You're going to have to bring them mm-hmm. in again. Yeah. You kind of when you get in this situation in the playoffs, you kind of throw a lot of stuff out the window. You're just like, okay, we're going to need you. Uh, I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care how many pitches you threw yesterday. We are going to need you just because we're at that place in this situation. Do you want to go down uh, in the ship with Taylor Rogers leading here, or do you want to go down with Cody Spacek because you thought Rogers threw too many pitches the day before? And you got to spend the next five months thinking about that decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I regretted when I said that immediately because it's <laughs> game four. You, do, you throw out there everything you've got to do. And 
you know, your goal is to get to game five where anything can happen and you have no idea. So go from, you know, you pitch everyone, doesn't matter how their arms are peeling. If they got Sam Dyson syndrome, you still throw them out there because it's you got to win. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. Here's a, something I was thinking of. Uh, do you think Jose Brios comes in at all in game three if he needs? No. I no. No, I don't think so. I think he hasn't come out of the bullpen once this season and uh no, I don't I don't think so. I think they've got they've got their three key bullpen guys that they can ride with. This is all of course depending that Jay Goodrizzi can give you a four to five innings, I'd think. And that's an awfully strong assumption in this series it felt like. <laughs> I suppose. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I guess. I'm not projecting a one inning outing from Odorizzi though, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I suppose if that ever happens, then they're so screwed anyways, there's no point in figuring it out from there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, then I guess the next question, if he doesn't come in game three, do you see a situation where he comes in relief in game four? Um, Wait, or did he would start, he be able to even start game yeah, four? Yeah, I was going to say, would he be able to start game four? I well, think, I suppose if he can come in in relief, he should be able to start. What's the difference? True. I, I, I'd start in game... Look at us circling back to this question. We did it. You start Jose Barrios <laughs> game four. That's what you do. We used our brains. How about that? <laughs> we had brains to be dangerous. Every single possible solution, except for the one that was most obvious and apparent in front of us, until I, oh. until I like, basically memed it into existence. <laughs> That's usually how it goes around here. Summarize this podcast in one sentence. There you go. Um, I, but anyway. I did it right there. It should be our yep. tagline. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. start Barrios. Get him. Get. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He can give you three quality innings and pull him there. But uh, yeah, start him and go from there. Yeah, I think three innings uh, is your benchmark there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like maybe one or two outs on either side, depending on how he's pitching. But you say three. If we get three, perfect, fantastic, great job. Thank you, dude. Give him a nice uh, tap on the back, and then. From there, you figure it out. Then you do your mix and match with throwing everyone and their mother in the kitchen sink and the cat and the dog, and you throw everything out there uh, again because you're in a situation where you have to. Yeah, I think we we solved it. Of course, this is all twins win game three, so go oh, out there. Yeah, start, well, <laughs> win game three, start with Brios game four. Rogers for three innings after Brios, and uh, Duffy for the final two. Three, actually. Brios, Duffy, uh Rios Rogers Duffy, three innings apiece. I don't care how Duffy did earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I already have Rogers going two in game three, so you got Rogers going three in game four. Man, his arm actually, actually will fall off at that point. Yeah. It's all, it's you got Josh Hader did that. <laughs> well, you got Andrew Miller, Cody Allen. Uh, Co- Cody Allen, who? Just nuke their careers like the Indians did. Yeah. Basically, just run them out until they're dead at the age of 32. <laughs> That's how it's oh, well. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter. By, by then, they've already, you know, completed arbitration. You ain't got to pay them then. Just let them walk. <laughs> Look at us using our uh, owner brains. Not good. Yeah. No, not good at all. So, uh, the the last question and uh, the most important question, mm-hmm. uh, again from Tom Proming, who's the one Twins player or personality who most embodies pumpkin spice? And you know, uh, you know, Tom always comes in here with the hard hitting questions. This is why we like him, and this is why uh, we have a lot of great journalism 
on this podcast, stuff like this. And so I, uh, for what I, I really can't explain, or at least in any sort of sense, uh, why I thought this, but I, I immediately thought Max Kepler. And then I was like, wait, why do I think Max Kepler? And that was about two hours ago, and I still can't tell you why. <laughs> but I, I'm saying Max Kepler. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was there was two really good answers that came in that I wish I would have thought of. First one was from Michael on Twitter. Uh, it'd be uh, um, it's nice to have a little bit, but gets if it gets forced on us too much, it's really bad. La Tortuga, and that was a wonderful answer. I wish I would have thought that. The second one was a uh, e Max Kepler one, of course, and he chose uh, this person chose this because it fits right in with the pumpkin spice demographic, the girls that do it, they all like Max Kepler, so looks like you, <laughs> that was your thinking or something. I guess so. But, yeah, I went with uh, my instant thought, and I also have no idea why, was Marwin Gonzalez. My first, <laughs> the only reason I could think of was, you know, it shows up in October and does its job, and I was like, hey, Marwin's done that before, so there he is. <laughs> He shows up on October. Oh my God! Uh, I mean, he was good on uh, your dog. He was, but uh, you know, that's <laughs> he got better as the year progressed. Kind of like pumpkin spice, except not really because it's just one month. But <laughs> shut up! It's like a new level of cheesy over here. We're just yeah breaking breaking ground. <laughs> Interesting. That's what we Interesting. do. That's that's what we do. Uh, although it's good that you said uh, whatever that one guy was, because I think he's blocked me, so I don't I didn't see the other tweet. Oh, dang! This guy, uh, this tweet is unavailable, followed by uh, Tom Froming's uh, laughing emoji. So kind of kind of sad him on the outside. What'd you do? I don't know. I wish I knew. Huh? Really? I got into really an argument the other day actually, because he was yelling at me because I said bringing in Zach Littell wasn't a, a bad idea, and then he thought it was, but that's a whole different thing. So maybe you did something like that in the past and got blocked, so it's on you. Honest, it sounds, it, it'd be something I would do, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> maybe. Oh, well. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, so uh, I don't really care. Uh, guess, this is kind of, this is uh, definitely one of the weirder ones that we've ever done just because there's so little content, but the one mm-hmm. content we had was like, we could magnify it times a, a thousand. So Yes, we had two games. The topic, yeah, the, the two games, we literally have in our itinerary, usually we have, I'd say about uh, 10 to 12 points. Uh, here we have four uh, just because there's not there's nothing else to talk about. I can't even do the eternal Martin Perez question. He got left off the playoff roster. Oh, uh, so in your I, mind, he did do his job then. Actually, yes, yes, he didn't not do his job. Correct. So I was devastated when I saw that he wasn't on the roster. By devastated, I mean I went, ah, oh, weird. That's all I did. But still, it was shocking to me. No, you were you were devastated because you realized that you had to uh, admit that Matt was right. <laughs> it doesn't no just because you were right on what happened doesn't mean it was the right move. So all right, whatever, whatever you want to say. It, it made sense to put him on. They didn't. I mean, would have been really useful so we could get uh, Brett Gardner out in the seventh inning while they were already down by six. Yeah, would have would have been really yeah. useful so that he could have got Didi Gregorius out with the bases loaded and Tyler Duffy pitching after he threw thirty pitches the day before. 
Uh, well, there's no need to be a smart-ass about it. <laughs> oh, well. He, he no. wouldn't have got Gregorius out, I will tell you that. He would have walked him, so. <laughs> he would have walked. You know, you're probably right there, actually. I'm but willing yeah. to admit it. So, it's whatever. Not that we both agreed Taylor Rogers should have started anything else. Yeah. A, a different, different topic. But, oh, well. They lost. Now they're down 0-2 with Game 3 tomorrow at home. Uh, Joe is on the mound against Severino. Win or go home. So we'll see if they come to play. Yeah, I I really hope they do. I don't I don't want this season to end like this. Had uh, I, yeah. 162 games plus two playoff games, and uh, just to have uh, all of it, you know, given everything that's happened, the home runs, the incredible performances, just the the winning that's almost been unprecedented in their history. Just to have it all come down to potentially just blowing it in three games, that would uh, that'd be tragic on many different levels. Yep, and if they do that, if they don't win at least one this season, no matter what people say, will be defined as another season where the Twins just couldn't get it done in the playoffs because of pitching. That's what they'll say, and nothing can change that unless they go win at least one playoff game. Now, uh, you, now you've accidentally opened up a Pandora's box here, I think, uh, because <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen those things at, for for the most part, uh, social media in the, the last two playoff games, uh, those days, it's been just so unbearable, just awful, just you know, really something else. And I know the the whole thing is we're all gonna bitch and complain just because I mean that's what we naturally do. But when, whenever I see that comment and I see oh we, the Twins shouldn't have had enough pitching, no, that's be, <laughs> be more specific. I want I am fine with criticism, but I'd like specific criticism. I, I like criticism that. Uh, to the point where you can actually, you know, you know, break it down. Just saying they didn't have enough pitching, that does nothing. That that That's absolutely a useless statement. They had a phenomenal bullpen for the last two months. Their bullpen was legitimately, if not the best in baseball, the second best in baseball. Last time I checked, the bullpen is pitchers, okay? What you meant to say, uh, but you didn't say it because you weren't smart enough, you didn't have the capability to say, is that they didn't have the starting pitching. And what starting pitching they did have didn't do their job. And part of it was, you know, probably should have gotten another start at the deadline. Part of it was Michael Pineda got suspended and they couldn't foresee that. And that sucks. But, uh, of course, that's entirely too much nuance for, for social media. So why, why am I getting fired up about this? <laughs> but at the end, at the end of the day, it, it still annoys me just to see all of this and just be like, wait, this, weren't we just like saying how awesome the bullpen was the other day? But now we said the Twins didn't have enough pitching. Is this, again, more of this double-think situation where it's like, what, what what happened there? What happened? Yeah, and for if anyone was, like, not paying attention when you said that, and you were just like, you don't have the comprehension to say that. It sounded like you were really targeting me. I'm just going to clear up. Guys, he wasn't targeting me. He was targeting social media. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wasn't. I, I'm not mad at him in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But, um, yeah, definitely. It's, the tw- it's not the uh, – it's not – the Twins' fault that Michael Pineda tested positive for a substance that made him ineligible for the playoffs. And it's not their fault that, you know, because it, that doesn't happen. They've got a really good, you know, at least a passable top three of the rotation that's probably better than New York's with Rios, Pineda, Odorizzi, whatever order you want to put it in. But with that happening, you get the having to start Randy Dobnak and, you know, all over Twitter, it's, Cheap poll ads. It's they wanted Randy Dobnak to start game two, but 
no, they wanted Michael Pineda to start game two, but he couldn't because of what happened. And it's no one's mm-hmm. fault except Pineda's, so, yeah. 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 And, and yeah, I don't know if I'd say it's better than the Yankees, but it's definitely comparable at the very least. You're not – That's better. I don't think you're going to have the blowout that ended up being – but uh, again, that was that was just unforeseen. It kind of you you kind of planned it. They were thrown uh, a wicked curveball, if you if you use a baseball analogy, and there's <laughs> there's nothing they could have done about it um, regarding that. And again, just just lazy lazy stuff coming out. I don't like it. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Let's be smart. Be smart, intelligent, wise fans who have good things to say. Uh, and good as in, like, the quality of their statements instead of uh, the load of shit I've been reading over the last few days. Yep, and if they lose tomorrow, you will continue to hear it forever about this season, and then that's all it will be defined as. And that's – I've accepted that. <laughs> I, of course, don't agree with it, but it'll be no. seen as the 2019 year where the Twins won games against the bad AL Central, but, of course, could not beat the Yankees. Naturally, naturally, and we're gonna we're gonna build narratives out of three game samples or four game samples yes. or whatever this ends up being, which is uh, those are the most fun narratives, always fun. Yeah, and I mean it's tough, of course. My dream is to have them win one playoff game in my lifetime, and that could come tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it'd be nice. yeah, uh, it it'd be nice win one, win two. I'd very much like that for my uh, my own uh, mental health and, uh, <laughs> enjoyment, I suppose. Although if they do get to a game five, they will not be able to handle it. So there's that. Oh, good. Yeah, that is that is true. Game five in Yankee Stadium, winner takes oh, all. Boy. Oh no! Oh jeez. Little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, hopefully they win one playoff game and lose so we can keep our mental health together. <laughs> Actively rooting so that they lose game four. <laughs> I love it's wonderful. This is this is where we're at right now, I guess. So I think that's all all we've got. You you good? Yeah, I think that's it. I think we've thoroughly uh investigated every single minute detail we possibly could have done. Yep, two games. Put them under the microscope for about an hour. I'd say that's about the most baseball podcast thing you can do. So I think we nailed it. Yeah. I think we did. I think we did. So uh, on stuff, uh, have fun watching uh, the game tomorrow. Please. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> nah, it'll be great. But, yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah, so I guess this must uh fun uh, thank, thank God we figured out what was wrong and why these uh, calls weren't recording, so uh, we can actually continue Hopefully. to do these. No, definitely. We we did figure out what the issue was. So. <laughs> well, be, all right, yeah, we did. Got any self-promotion? Yeah, we, we did. Are you done writing for a while? The self-promotion. Uh, well, if there's no series for me to preview, then I suppose I, I, that's all I have uh, in cement. So, yeah. Huh. Sometimes oh, my Wednesdays so. get lonely. I'm one of the only articles. You could totally step in and uh, put something out there every Wednesday. Yeah. No, I will. Uh, once the offseason hits, I know I'll be uh, – last offseason I did it. I'm probably going to do it this time. Just some once-a-week type of deal, just whatever I feel like writing about. Yeah, no, I will. That's fun. And I do actually kind of prefer uh, writing those kind just because I, I can, like, do my own thing. 
mm-hmm. like it, it's it's fun writing the previews and the uh, the minor league reports, but those are very like everything has its own category, everything in its its right place. But with some of these articles, it's like. Uh, I can just do literally whatever the hell I want, talk about whatever, and I can just take it on my own little narrative uh, trip down the, the rabbit hole, um, complete with uh, the drug trips and whatnot. So that's that's the way I like to do it. Yeah, definitely. That's why I will be continuing to do that every Wednesday. But that's all I will be doing besides this podcast, of course, with no game recaps. I will not be doing yeah. any unless I mean unless the Twins move on, I will probably be end up doing a game recap, but. From the looks of it, I will be done doing game recaps. Yeah, and uh, well, once they win the World Series and there's no more games to talk about, yeah. Yes, it'll be there shame. it is. It'll <laughs> really be a shame. <laughs> but yeah. I guess, well, uh, I guess that's, yeah, that's it for me also. So, fun stuff. Great weekend. I really hope this isn't the last uh, time we talk about Twins baseball in 2019. Well... Too bad for you, because it is. Anyways, goodbye. (laughs) All right, well, we got Mr. Negative over here. Everyone (laughs) can make fun of him. All right, see you guys.